This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 295, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, August the 5th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. This is episode 295. It's our Comic Reviews episode for releases from the week of Wednesday, August the 5th. I'm your host, Adam Chapman. Every week we take a look at the comics that came out the previous week, do a bit of a quick roundup of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, This week I actually had time on my hands. I know that's a shock to regular listeners. Uh, Usually I only have a chance to read maybe between... 7 and 13 books, but this time I read closer to about 23, so I read a lot of comics, there's a lot more to talk about, uh, so it's going to be a little bit more fast-paced than normal to fit them all in. Uh, periodically in the background, you might hear my son, uh, so he's guest-starring on this episode if he talks enough that he's in enough of the background shots. Anyways, or background audio, I should say. It's not a shot, because you can't see anything. Um, so that we'll jump into that in just a second. First of all, this is purely just for me. Uh, This episode is going to be coming out on Wednesday, August the 12th. Uh, That is a significant date for me because it marks the three-year anniversary of this very podcast. Um, The first episode, the pilot episode, uh, first came out on August the 12th, 2012. Um, We're almost at episode 300, so uh, it's been a good three years, very solid. Uh, We took a few weeks off throughout the course of the last three years otherwise we would have already reached 300 by now because we do about 104 episodes a year which is kind of insane if you think about it um so really after three years we should have been at about you know 312 episodes by this point but because we did take a couple weeks off in the last three years which it's surprising that i've been able to keep it up as regular as i have um so we're almost at episode 300 so that's exciting so that 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 was for me but um, I'm just glad to have you with me today celebrating the three-year anniversary of this little podcast that could. Uh, so I really appreciate your continued patronage and, and listening to the show and keeping it going. It's a lot of fun, and I'm going to keep doing it for as long as I can. Um, so anyway, let's just jump into the comic reviews, why don't we? Uh, so first up, we've got uh, Age of Apocalypse, Issue 2 by Fabian Nicieza, a friend of the show, as well as uh, artwork by, um, let's see, it's Gerardo Sandoval. Very stylized, at, ter- at times almost too much so. Kind of reminded me of Humberto Ramos, but maybe turned up to 11. Um, very stylized. Again, at times it, it threatens to overpower the story, However, I think, given that we're dealing with like kind of a very 90s conception of the X-Men characters, um, I am able to kind of give them a little bit more room here in terms of the over-the-top bombastic artwork because it kind of fits the era. Um, I'm enjoying what Nacius is doing here. It's very kind of clear, concise vision of what he's trying to tell. Um, I like that it's kind of AOA without actually being AOA. Like, it's very similar but different. Um, strong scripting, over-the-top artwork... Um, I think I'm going to give it uh, a 7 out of 10, mainly because I really like the story. The artwork at times is a bit distracting, um, but it's good. Next up is Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, number 3. This is by Dan Slott and Adam Kubert. I'm still not sure how I feel about Regent himself as a villain, and he's almost more in the background, so he's not even really like that much of an out-and-out villain. Uh, It's weird to see the black costume with a white spider on the back, but... It's basically the spider that's usually on Spider-Man's regular costume, but here it's like on his back instead of the like kind of classic back to uh, Spider-Man's costume when he's wearing the black costume, so that was a little weird. Um, I like Spider-Man going up against the Sinister Six. 
This version of Doc Ock felt very kind of classic, yet still a little bit, you know, different. Um, there's some really nice scenes here with um, Mary Jane and her daughter, Anna, um, which I thought was actually really cool. Um, it's, it's interesting. It, we're definitely leading somewhere. Um, I like Spider-Man kind of having to kind of be a little harder edge, go up against the Sinister Six when it finally comes down to, you know, what do you do with your responsibilities? Sometimes you have to do things that you would rather almost not do, but you have to do them, especially when you have your child looking at you with, you know, kind of these dope-filled eyes. You kind of got to be the person, the hero that your child sees uh, and live up to that that kind of person that the, the child sees as opposed to who you might actually want to be in that moment more pragmatically. Uh, it's kind of interesting because it's we saw that theme expanded in the Ant-Man movie, the idea that you have to kind of earn that respect and that adoration that your child has for you. And here Peter almost wishes he didn't have to go into action to save someone, but he's kind of stirred into doing the right thing by his daughter, um, which I, I thought was a nice touch. I'm going to give it a, an 8 out of 10. Uh, the artwork by Kubert remains just breathtaking. Uh, next up is Batmite, number three. Um, I dug this a lot. Uh, it's written by Dan Jurgens, artwork by, um, let's see, Corin Howell. Uh, it's it's just it's just a silly, goofy book, but there's a little bit more going on here. It's a cool kind of team up between uh, Damian Wayne. I don't know when this is really set, but I don't think it matters. Uh, Damian Wayne and Batmite are going up against. I forget who that character even is. At the very end, it looks like we're going to get a Booster Gold appearance, which I'm super excited about coming up, because Dan Jurgens can do no wrong when it comes to writing a, a Booster Gold, his own creation. Um, really dug this. A lot of fun. And I think that's what I like about this, is that you could only read Batmite, and you wouldn't feel like you missed anything. And it's it's part of a miniseries, so it's, it's going to end, but it's a fun miniseries. It's self-contained. It is its own thing. You know, It doesn't require you to really know what's going on in the other parts of the DC universe, because they don't matter. What matters is just what's going on in these pages, and it's just a tremendous amount of fun. Again, the artwork is silly, and it's just fun. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7. It's not quite an 8, but um, it, it's an enjoyable book, and one I, I do kind of look forward to. And I was looking at my DC books I was reading this week. It's probably on the, the kind of higher on the list. Um, next up is Batman Beyond. This is another Dan Jurgens book, artwork by Bernard Chang. Uh, it's okay. I'm not super thrilled with it. Um, just because I don't like this, the whole brother eye future with the weird demented cyborgs, that's just not something I'm a huge fan of, or nor am I that interested in. The idea of Terry, uh, sorry, not Terry, of Tim having to kind of earn being the Batman that Terry was, that part's cool, but I don't think it's enough of the issue. Uh, the artwork, I think, shifts at times. Um, it's not always consistent in terms of the portrayal of Tim as Batman. Um, the anatomy seems off at times. I'm going to give it a six. Uh, next up is Bucky Barnes, The Winter Soldier, number 10. Uh, still not over. I guess there's one more issue. Um, I feel like I've missed a few issues or I haven't read a bunch. Um, it's written by Alice Cott, artwork by Marco Rudy. I feel like it wants to be something. It's just not quite that thing. It's confusing. It's The artwork is compelling just because it's, it's so trippy and weird and crazy. Uh, and definitely feels like it's doing something different and it's not your standard book in terms of the artwork. Um, I'm, I, I don't necessarily want it to be, you know, just formulaic in terms of the art or the story, but I want it to make a little bit more sense and not be so confusing and kind of, you know, t- uh, 2001 kind of mindfuck. And that's what this feels like half the time, and not in a good way. Um, a, a close artistic comparison would be the recent, um, I think it was Michael Del Mundo on Electra, which felt a little bit crazy and weird, but 
enough that you felt compelled and it was fascinating. Here it's just conf- it's confusing and cool sometimes, but the story's not really matching up or it's just so confusing that you're like, I don't even know what's happening. I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. I haven't really enjoyed this book. I don't think it's had... I think Alice Scott has had a good trippy times telling his own story. Is it a story that anyone really wanted to read or have be told? I don't, I don't necessarily think it was. Uh, next up is Civil War number three. Um, sorry, number two, I should say. Um, this I really dug. Uh, I think it was really well done. In some ways, more interesting than the first issue. There's still some logic um, issues here in terms of, you know, that they would actually create these kind of states called the Iron and the Blue. That being said, I dig how it's being done. It's written by Charles Sewell, artwork by Lionel Francis Yu. Um, it, it, there's definitely like a good sense of you know what exactly is going on here. I like seeing where some of these characters have have kind of ended up. Um, how you know you have the shield kind of has built out looking like Captain America's shield. This kind of area. I like how uh, Rogers and uh, Spider Man are, are kind of working together. I like how we see um, Sandman here, which is really cool. Um, seeing what's happening to him. This is uh, again an enjoyable book. Uh, I'm enjoy- I'm really excited to see kind of what comes next. Um, yeah, this is uh, much stronger than I expected it to be. The first issue was okay, but it wasn't super strong. This felt like a step above. Uh, solid eight. Uh, next up is Darth Vader number eight. Uh, this was fun, but it felt like a little. It lacked a little bit more of the focus. Um, we see more of kind of the, the crack team of uh, hired bounty hunter guns uh, doing a mission for ostensibly Darth Vader, although not directly for him. Um, without having Darth Vader in as much of the issue, I think my uh, interest waned a little because um, I just thought it would be better if we saw more of him. That being said, Darth Vader and that um, commander is really interesting to see how he actually can kind of call Vader out on his bullshit. Uh, I thought the ending of the issue felt very abrupt. Um, again, the issue lacked a little bit of focus. Artwork by LaRocca. It's written by Kieran Gillen. Still good. It just felt like it was a bit of a misstep. The half that Vader was in, I think, was more interesting. Just the half without him felt a little longer than it needed to be. So I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Uh, next up is Detective Comics 43. Uh, I'm sad to see um, Manipal gone, just because he was such a great artwork, uh, artist for this series. Uh, so it's written by Brian Bucciolato, artwork by Fernando Blanco. Still good art. I'm enjoying it. Just it's a very different sensibility to it. That being said, it remains a very compelling Harvey Bullock story. Seeing him having to grapple with you know his partner being a you know kind of being a what's the word well, not being on the take so to speak. Um, having you know seeing what's going on with Gordon as he goes into action. Uh, it just remains a really good kind of cop book. Um, I really like how Bullock's been written throughout this run. Um, very, very interesting. I'm going to give this a... Uh, I'm struggling with the rating. I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Uh, next up, Future Imperfect, which I have been such a big fan of thus far. Um, and I continue to be. Uh, this issue is written by Peter David, artwork by Greg Land. Um, the artwork... You, you do have some of the traditional Greg Land kind of um, weird female faces... Uh, especially on the page where they meet like the the waitress or the the barkeep, and she has that weird smile. And at the end of the uh, end of the page, she has that weird like maybe she's swa- like swallowing a gu- like a a gumball or something like this really weird face. It kind of really took me out. Otherwise, the issue was interesting, having like Maestro and, thi- and uh, the thing looking for you, look the troll. 
Um, they're kind of, you know, doing their own kind of journey. Um, I thought it was really cool. The fight against Elite Patrol was really interesting as well. Um, it remains a consistent and enjoyable read. There's only a few times where the artwork kind of took me out of it. Um, anyway, I'm interested to see where they're going to go from this. I don't know what the last page is supposed to mean exactly, but uh, I remain really committed um, to, you know, really enjoying the story. It's one of the few Secret Wars tie-ins. It feels like they're really almost over-publishing it. Like, if you look at them, a lot of them are on issues three or two, some of them even on one, and this one's issue four, although I guess there's a couple. I'm trying to think what else is on its fourth issue of a Secret Wars tie-in. Um, uh, I guess, well, Ultimate End that also came out this week is up to fourth issue, so I guess it's not the only one. It just feels like it's 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 gotten there really fast. Uh, next up is Giant giant Size Little Marvel AVX. Um, this remains... Uh, Cute and enjoyable book. Uh, obviously, my son agrees. Uh, it's got great character work. Um, it's it's silly. It's fun. It's written and uh, illustrated by Scotty Young. Um, you're not looking for anything of some substance here. You're looking for some fun gags uh, as to why these twins should either join the X-Men squad or the Avengers squad, and the Guardians of the Galaxy show up. Uh, Galactus is there. Like this is just it's immensely entertaining. A lot of fun, um, and you don't need to know anything about Sheik Wars. You could just like the little Marvel characters, and that's all you need. Uh, so, 8 out of 10. Next up is Green Lantern 43. Uh, this continues the tale of Hal Jordan. Um, so, we're, we're getting a little bit more of the idea that Black Hand has something wrong with him, and he, he's going to go home because his powers aren't working right. He can't seem to make the dead rise. Uh, Robert Venditti wrote this artwork by Ethan Van Skyver, which I was shocked to kind of see him there. Um, I liked his work here. I think it was probably the best this book has looked in a while. Uh, the whole interaction with Relic was kind of interesting. Uh, the idea... I think this was probably the issue that kind of redeemed it for me. I think... I like that Hal kind of has... A, not a team, but, you know, a few companions now. Uh, seeing how, how that's working. Uh, seeing how he's kind of struggling to figure out what's going on. Uh, now that all the Green Lanterns are gone. Um... His interaction with Relic was cool. Uh, the fact that we're going to hopefully get to see him going up against Black Hand at some point will be interesting as well. Uh, the artwork by Van Skyward never hurts. Um, I thought this issue was maybe a step up, so I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, next up is Groot. Uh, Groot number 3. This was a lot of fun. Uh, this book has been a lot of fun. Uh, fantastic cover uh, with uh, both Groot and um, Surfer Surfer kind of on opposite sides of uh, the Surfer's board. Uh, it's written by Jeff Loveness, artwork by Brian Kessinger. Um, really like the way that Groot, Groot is um, illustrated here. I like the team up between them. Um, just a lot of fun as you know, Surfer Surfer tries to help Groot. Um, I, I, I liked how Dawn kind of interacted with Groot as well. Just this was just a, a lot of fun, and I think that's been the case throughout. Is that I think it's just been so much fun seeing Groot have these adventures. Partly because the artwork has been so strong. The artwork has just been absolutely adorable. And I think it kind of adds a, a cute, cuddly nature to Groot, which, especially after the film, like, people like that side of Groot. Like, obviously, he's a badass when he needs to be, but he's also freaking adorable. Um, next up is Guardians of Nowhere, number two. Which is okay, I just... It's... I don't know if I care about this Yotak this character... Uh, it's written by Bendis, artwork by Mike Teodato, who was a recent guest on the show. Um, I like the kind of origin of the Yotak character. 
um, as to how he kind of became the destroyer and why he wants to kind of go up against Drax, uh, which was kind of cool. Uh, it's still kind of a weird storyline, this Guardians of Nowhere. It feels kind of discon- weirdly disconnected from the West rest of, um, of what's it called, uh, of the Secret Wars and how this even kind of exists. Um, the, the artwork is entertaining. The story itself, if you forget where this takes place and how it all works, I think it is more enjoyable. Um, and I like that we kind of got an interesting, compelling story behind Yotat. Although, really, like, I didn't really care about Yotat, but at least Bendis is trying to make me care. It just seems weird to kind of try and build up a brand new character in this world that's very transitory, like, very not going to last necessarily. Well, maybe it will. Maybe this character will somehow make it out of here. So I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, next up is Guardians Team Up number 9. Uh, so this issue. We ha- it's a Spider-Man and Spider-Lord uh, team-up um, by Javier Pulido. He did story art and cover. Um, this, is, this happened a while ago, so I don't know exactly when this is supposed to have taken place exactly. That being said, I found it very enjoyable. Um, Pulido's artwork is just fantastic. Uh, it's a very well-illustrated issue. Um, this kind of shows how good something like this can be when you have the writer and artist kind of... Uh, it is the same person, so that it's all kind of perfect. It's a nice New Year's story. Um, this is fin- just a fantastic issue. A weird done-in-one, but an enjoyable done-in-one. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. Is it something you need to read? No. Is it a solid and enjoyable read? Yes, and it's a great artistic expression of what Polito can do uh, when he does it all. Uh, next up is Infinity Gauntlet, um, which remains just a fantastic book. Uh, this is issue 3 by uh, Jerry Dugan and Dustin Weaver. Uh, the artwork by Weaver is just amazing. Uh, sorry, I guess the story technically is by Dustin Weaver and Jerry Dugan with artwork by Dustin Weaver. Um, and then Jerry Dugan doing the script. Uh, the artwork is just gorgeous. The detail, um, the good work on colors. I forget who did the colors, but it looks great. Like It just looks so... It's just one of the best-looking books. and has an interesting color palette that's not as vibrant, uh, which actually kind of works for the, the story that's being told here. Um, it's kind of this quest for the Infinity Gems, um, as you have you know Thanos kind of teaming up with the Nova, the, this no, the Nova family, I should say. Uh, we also have kind of some of the Guardians showing up as well. This was just an absolute pleasure, and remains that way every issue. I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. One of the strongest books I read this week. Uh, next up is Lobo number nine. Um, so, oh Lobo. Um, I found this issue kind of forgettable. Um, it's let's see. It's written by Colin Bunn, who did the, well. He did the plot. Frank Barbier did the dialogue, and Simon Kudransky did the art. Um, we have, you know, that character from last issue has kind of gotten inside uh, Lobo's head. He's kind of making him have sex with her, I guess. Uh, he's got all these like kind of spiders inside of him that are controlling him, so he's kind of unable to do his own uh, bidding. He's kind of at the behest of this. This other character, he ends up kind of teaming up with a with another character. His new mark is Sinestro. Um, this character that I forget her even her name, the, the green character, ended up not being dead, which I felt very much like, ugh, really. Um, it was forgettable. It was. It, it's kind of like the no this this book in general. I think Lobo hasn't been that strong a book. Their works okay. I'm gonna give it a five point five out of ten. I just found it. Forgettable, a little bit boring. I felt indifferent, and I felt like I was just waiting for the issue to be over. Um, so I can't really recommend an issue that I felt that way about. 
Uh, next up is Midnighter number three. Um, this remains kind of an odd book that I'm enjoying, but I don't, I don't think I enjoy it as much as other people seem to. It's kind of it's definitely intriguing. Uh, we see a little bit of Midnighter's past relationship with Apollo. You see more of his relationship now with his current boyfriend, and you also see him at the very end confronting Dick Grayson. Um, I don't know much about the Midnighter character. Uh, do I care much more than I did before about him? Not necessarily. Uh, but I'm enjoying it maybe a little bit more than I expected. Um, that's not to say it's a great book for me, at least. I'm glad it exists because there's fans of this character. It's just not something I personally am enjoying all that much. Uh, it's written by Steve Orlando, artwork by Echo. I'm going to give it a six. Uh, next up is Miss Marvel, number 17. Um, we're not quite out of uh, Secret Wars yet, or the Secret Wars Last Day's time. This, this felt earned. Um, is G. Willow Wilson writing it, Adrian Alfona on our work. We finally get to see Kamala teaming up with Carol Danvers, and it's kind of everything you want it to be, although I wish Carol was wearing her pre-eight eight months later costume when it was actually colorful instead of being this weird, dull, kind of grayish costume. But it's interesting as a counterpoint to have Kamala in her bright costume. Uh, their team-up is just uh, joyful, um, seeing them kind of trying to stop people and put them into good use and it just felt very much like this is kind of an end-of-world story, but in a smaller sense. Like, this isn't a big climactic battle. This is, what do you do when the world's ending? You kind of got to take care of your, your backyard. And that's what's happening here as um, Kamala's looking for uh, her brother. Um, I dug this so much. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, there was not a wasted moment in this issue. It remains just so much fun as a book. Uh, next up is Red Skull. Um, this is issue two. I guess it's a three-issue miniseries. Um, well, actually, I don't know how many issues this is supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be a three-issue, but it doesn't say to be concluded after the first page. Or, sorry, after the last page. Written by Joshua Williamson. Artwork by Luca Pizzari. Um, it's intriguing and interesting as we have a version of uh, Red Skull and um, Magneto kind of teaming up to... You know, make peace with the Nihilists and the idea that they want to kind of be able to confront uh, the god Doom. Um, very intriguing and interesting and some uh, surprising character beats for this version of the Red Skull. Um, and at the end, is he supposed to have a cosmic cube or something in his hand or is it just the weird lighting that makes it look like he has something in his hand? Like he has nothing in his hand but there's like a white light around him but he's technically behind Magneto so like what, what's going on here? Um, I'm going to give it a six and a half out of ten. Uh, next up is Siege number two. Uh, this is actually one of the more interesting ones. I mean, it really has nothing to do with Siege itself, which is kind of weird. Um, it's more about this the, the concept of the shield in this universe and defending the shield um, from you know the, the armies of the undead, and etc. Uh, but it's also kind of a political intrigue as well. It's written by Kieran Gillen, artwork by Felipe Andrade. Um, so the idea here that you have Abigail Brand is kind of dealing with people who want her job and also dealing with um, who's behind, you know, the, 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 the enemies behind the wall and having to defend against the wall. And it, it's very cool, very cool concept to see what kind of how this is being addressed because we've seen the shield uh, referenced in numerous books in Secret Wars we're seeing it here taking such a prominent role I have enjoyed and enjoyed this version of Abigail Brand as well uh, I'm going to give it a 8 out of 10 uh, maybe a 7.5 maybe I maybe I overshot a little 
Uh, next up is Spider Island number two, which I gotta say, I have really been enjoying. Uh, I, I at least. At least the main story the most. Um, this one especially, it just felt so silly but fun. Um, so it's written by Christos Gage and Paco Diaz. At least that's the main story. Where you have Flash Thompson um, has infected some of the previously infected uh, you know, versions of the Avengers with things that, like, the Hulk has been uh, contaminated with lizard uh, DNA. Uh, Cap America with the, um, I guess, the stone that makes, uh, that makes him into the Cap Wolf. Uh, you have Miss Marvel infected with uh, whatever makes Morbius into a vampire. So, and now that they're kind of being further mutated, they're no longer under the Queen's spell. So here we have also Iron Man uh, taken over by the Green Goblin uh, serum, which I thought was a really cool touch, uh, which leads to him eventually becoming the Iron Goblin, which is hilarious because of the, you know, he even says, you know, Norman Osborn took my identity. Why can't I borrow his? Um, which I thought was really cool. Um, Really enjoyable issue. The ending, I'm like, oh man, what is this going to mean? It's interesting, kind of double whammy. Not only is P- Spider-Man alive, but he's Peter Parker. Um, very cool. Uh, that part of the issue, I probably would give a nine. Uh, the Spider-Girl story, I enjoyed it. I found it was felt really short. Um, loved the artwork. It was just fantastic. Um, although the only thing that doesn't quite work for me is, I don't know what it is, but something about Spider-Girl in the Spider-Man costume it just seems weird and I, I don't even think it's the pencils I think it's the colors um, I don't know uh, you got Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends doing the script plot and pencils Saab Basema doing the finished art and then you got Andrew Crossley on colors so maybe something with Crossley's colors I don't know it's just something about the way the spider girl or spider woman I should say herself looks otherwise it's great to see uh, American Dream and her team I'm not current, totally up on current MC2 uh, continuity so I don't know what's going on with all these characters in terms of who they are at this point in time, but uh, very interesting, and uh, overall, I think for the issue, I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. I think I'll give an 8 out of 10 to the Spider-Woman spider, to the spider story, and uh, 9 out of 10 to the main story. Uh, so 8.5 out of 10. Next up is Ultimate End. This is issue number 4. Um, so this is almost over. It still doesn't make a lot of sense. Written by Brian Michael Bendis, illustrated by Mark Bagley. It looks great. Um, the story just doesn't always make a lot of sense. Here we have the Avengers going up against a legion of Iron Mans. Um, uh, you have the, the Punisher kind of trying to take people out, um, which is just kind of weird as well. Um, you have a little bit of doom here. So they have the, uh, the idea that Valeria is concerned about this universe and kind of people trying to kind of overlap with these weird, you know, two different universes kind of existing in the same spot uh, and at the end of the issue so as you have basically all the forces of the ultimate and, and regular universe kind of because the regular universe doesn't exist but whatever going up against one another for a big battle you have that happening and then and you also have old man logan i, I think just kind of skulking around that was confusing as well and then out of nowhere they mentioned that um what if in, in the chaos something we don't see coming there's something that changes everything and then you have miles morales kind of swinging in i'm like so how is he's the big thing that's going to change anything? Like, I just, I don't get it. It's such a good-looking issue, um, but it just makes no sense from a narrative standpoint, and especially in the context of the Greater Secret War. So I'm going to give it a 6. Most of that's because of the amazing artwork by Mark Bagley. Uh, and last but not least is We Stand on Guard, issue number 2, by 
uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Steve Scroce, or Scroce, I don't not know how to pronounce it. Hopefully, eventually, when we get him on the show, he'll be able to correct my pronunciation. Um, this issue looked fantastic. Um, there's a few little winks and nods if you're a Canadian fan of The Littlest Hobo. There's a reference here for you in The Littlest Robo, which is what this Canadian couple was watching. Um, cool flashbacks to, uh, I guess, the main kind of protagonist, uh, uh, Amber, her, her history. Um, we're seeing more of the kind of what's currently happening in Yellowknife. Um, which was kind of funny as well in terms of the name of the, their big kind of base is called The 2-4, uh, which is funny to me as a Canadian. Uh, I really dug this. It was really well written. Um, it remains really well illustrated as well. I've n- never seen artwork like this from uh, Scroce or Scroce or however you want to pronounce it. Um, his style has matured so much. Uh, it just looks gorgeous. Um so yeah, this was fantastic. I'm glad I picked up the first issue kind of on a lark. I was in the uh, middle of nowhere. Not in the middle of nowhere, but I was on vacation in northern Ontario. Well, not even northern Ontario, but north of Toronto and Ontario. Anyways, my son is telling me I should wrap up the show. So uh, just taking a quick look at uh, comics that I did not get a chance to review this past week. Uh, include Barbed Wire number 2, American Vampire Second Cycle number 9, FPP, Federal Bureau of Physics number 23, Flash Season Hero 11, Season 0, number 11. Injustice, Gods Among Us, year 4, number 7. JLA, Gods and Monsters, Wonder Woman, number 1. Looney Tunes, 226. Mad Max, Fury Road, Max, number 2. Omega Men, number 3. Big Thunder Mountain Railroad, number 5. And Marvel Universe Avengers Assemble, season 2, number 10. Uh, taking a quick look at comics that are actually coming out today. Well, not today when I record this, but today when I release this episode. Uh, some of the upcoming releases, or the notable releases from the 12th of August, uh, include from DC a new issue of Action Comics, a new issue of Batman and Batman Superman. Excited for all three of those. Uh, we have the Green Arrow Archer's Quest Deluxe Edition hardcover coming out. We've got JLA Gods and Monsters number one, uh, Lobo Trade Paperback Volume 1 called Targets, uh, as well as uh, Superman Krypton Returns Trade Paperback. Uh, then at from IDW, we've got um, the fourth My Little Pony Friends Forever trade paperback, as well as uh, a new issue of, uh, let's see, um, Star Trek Green Lantern, issue number two. There's the Star Trek The Planet of the Apes trade paperback, The Primate Directive. I never finished it, so I don't have to pick that up. Uh, there's also a new, a new issue of Uncle Scrooge. Uh, from Image Comics, there's a new issue of Dream Police. Uh, and then if we look at Marvel... Uh, we have A-Force number 3, Amazing Spider-Man 20.1, which I think is the last issue of the Spiral storyline. There's the Black Panther by Christopher Priest Volume 1 Complete Collection. There's Daredevil, Typhoid's Kiss, which I really don't think should be branded Daredevil because it's more of a Typhoid Mary um, collection of, of stories, which I think I'm going to pass on. Uh, there's Howard the Duck number 5, Korvac Saga number 3, amongst some other Sequel Wars tie-ins. There's the Operation Sin shaped paperback called Agent Carter, obviously trying to get people who like Peggy Carter from the TV show and movies to pick that up. Uh, Secret Warriors Complete Collection, Volume 2. Uh, Secret Wars Number 5 is the big release coming out this week. Uh, there's Secret Wars 2099, Number 4. Secret Wars Battle World Number 4. Uh, Star Wars Episode 5, Hardcover Empire Strikes Back. Um, 
There's Star Wars Lando number two, Star Lord and Kitty Pride number two, which I really dug that first issue, as well as uh, Years of Future Past number four. So that's everything coming out this, well, not everything, but that's some of the highlights coming out on the 12th of August. Thanks once again for joining us for Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, August the 5th. This has also been our three-year anniversary episode, which is a lot of fun. So thank you for joining me. Well, not a lot of fun. Well, it's exciting, at least for me, that it's been three years of the show. Holy crap. Uh, And again, we're coming up to episode 300 soon. Episode 296 coming out later this week will be a very exciting episode. It's going to be a conversation with Ron Friends. Uh, Episode 298 will be a conversation with Dan Gavazdan, who is the uh, co-host of the fantastic uh, podcast called Amazing Spider Talk, uh, previously Superior Spider Talk, as well as the uh, creator and founder of the uh, site Superior Spider Talk, which is well worth uh, checking out. It's a fantastic podcast. Fantastic website, and again, they have, they run a great podcast. It comes out pretty much weekly now, so it's um, it's definitely something you should pick out, check out, I should say. So that'll be episode two hundred ninety eight, and then not really sure what episode three hundred is going to be yet, but I'm hoping it'll be exciting. Uh, so that's all coming up in the future. Uh, continuing our interview series, there will be more interviews coming out uh, in September once we're in the three uh, hundreds. It's hard to believe that sooner we're going to be in the three hundreds. Uh, of our episodes, which is really exciting. So thanks again for joining us today. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and listen to us on Stitcher as well. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.